Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... This is Chet Haney with His Mighty Hand Radio. Uh, We're going to continue now the um, conversation that we began in our last session with Roy Edgman. So glad to have you here with us again today, Roy, in our studio. And we want to ask you to take a moment, give you a moment to tell us how the ways of God compare to our ways, for instance. Well, I think that when we read scripture, it's almost always in those passages, it's referring to some failure on the mm-hmm. part of man. Even in that Isaiah 55 passage of scripture, he's mm-hmm. talked about a fallen man. Right. And then he comes right into that to say that how God wants to reach that person for Christ. Amen. And, uh, as he and, will abundantly pardon. Yes. Amen. And uh, I, I think that uh, one of the things that uh, he does in, in trying to reach us is, is to love us. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he, he tries to reach us uh, with his word. Amen. Uh, one time in Wichita Falls, where I pastored, uh, I went to a new church. Uh-huh. And they just forgot to tell me something about the first Sunday. <laughs> and uh, right after the service was over, uh, a lady says, uh, I don't think I mentioned to you that you're going to preach to the women in prison wow. in the courthouse wow. on the top floor of uh, Wichita Falls. Yeah. And I said, no, that wasn't mentioned to me. And she said, well, we'd like for you to do it at 2 o'clock. And, My goodness. Uh, I uh, said, well, do we have somebody to lead singing? Yeah. And they said, no, the preacher usually does that. <laughs> and is, are there any hymn books? No. Uh, do it from memory. Yeah. And, uh, well, that was just one thing after another. Yeah. And it was over a hundred degrees that day. Wow. In that, uh, uh, place where the women in the top floor of the courthouse of Wichita Falls, Texas, where the women or is there a prison? And mm. they said, anybody who wants to come in can. And uh, one woman was screaming and yelling and uh, really giving them a fit. And they said, well, you stay in your cell. You don't have to come in. She came in, mm. and she was uh, uh, very upset. And mm. I tried to lead a song, and I couldn't remember. Uh, the verses, and I'm not much of a leader anyway. It was the worst disaster I have ever been in my life. And finally, I gave up and just gave my testimony. Yeah. And when I uh, gave the scripture uh, of how I was saved, uh, that woman jumped up that had not wanted to come in yeah. and came and fell at oh my, my feet and grabbed my leg. My goodness. 
And she began to cry out that she was lost. And God bless she her. said, can that scripture save me? Is there yeah. a scripture? Can you give me other mm. scriptures? I got it on my knees. Mm. I just told the rest of them, yeah. about 45 women. Yeah. I, I said, uh, I'm going to deal with this lady. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show her how to receive Christ. Wow. And I went through the plan of salvation and she received Christ. Another one was there on the floor by that time. And an hour and a half later, Mm. nearly every woman in that, uh, service that day had made a decision for Christ. Praise the Lord. And that's the power of the Word of God. Amen. Not preaching, not singing, this the quoting of God's word Amen. that has the power to convict and to save and to change lives. Wow. And I found out later that that lady had uh, been attacked by her husband and she had killed wow. her husband. Wow. And uh, uh, the story got better after that, but she yeah. she was miraculously saved by the wow. power of God's word. That was the worst service I have ever been a part of in my life and the greatest. How about that? Uh, total in man's sight, it was yeah. a failure. Yeah. But because we use the power of the word of God, yeah. uh, it, it, it changed the lives of every woman that was there. Which is like symbolic of our own lives. Everything that can go wrong goes wrong and then God can make it right. Change it completely. By his word. And I think that was your testimony of the lady who had the book. Yes, yes, Connie. It's the power of God's word right? when we apply it to our lives. And we find that somewhere there is that word that God will lead us to that fits exactly our need. She's been from the helplessness of total despair to um, hope that she's found in the Word of God through your book, and then this Sunday she's going to be baptized as a new sister in Christ. Amen. So you just, That's wonderful. It just doesn't get better than that. You, you can't make this stuff up. You know, as you look around and see what God's doing in churches, uh, really around the world, you have a unique perspective, Roy, with your experience and your relationships and your connections. Uh, you mentioned in Japan also – uh, other places where you've served and all over our nation. What are you seeing right now? You know, the signs of the times are everywhere. God is working in a powerful way. What What are you seeing that God is doing that can maybe help us understand these days that we're living in right now? Well, I, I really uh, see a, a nation that's fallen, uh, our nation and and really most places in the world. Yes, and that uh, that we're being misled by uh, uh, philosophy and uh, by ideas that uh, we can set our own standards, right? And uh, that uh, every person can choose his own values, and that uh, that there are no solid teaching, and which is so. Contrary to what the Bible teaches us, that uh, we, um, if we set our own standards, we do crazy and silly things, and 
and we're seeing that more than I've ever seen it in my life. Uh, the, the use of worrying about words and worrying about uh, uh, children's books and uh, yeah. uh, t- trying to set new standards that have no standard. They're, they're just set from whims and from the way people feel. And if there was ever a need for the church to hold up the teachings of God and the standards of God, uh, they, this is the time. And in the ways of God, that's what uh, we tried to emphasize, that there is a standard for everything we do and for our life. And that uh, God has set those standards very high. Amen. And only in the Word of God can we find them. Amen. And only in the Word of God can He give us His Spirit to help us to meet those standards. Amen. And it comes through that, through the through His Word. Sage words of counsel from Roy Edgman, author of the Ways of God, which will be taught in our church for eight weeks. Uh, on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. starting April the 7th and going through May the 26th. We'd love to have our listeners as a part of that uh, experience. And I'm excited to see what God may do. God's obviously set this up. I think God's up to something, and we need it. And, um, you know, I hope uh, people who are listening will get involved in our class. But even more Roy, I would like for you to speak as we wrap this up today about how people can just get involved with discipleship, get involved with becoming a follower of Jesus. If a person listening to us today was motivated to do that, how would you suggest that they approach that and begin? Well, I think that, uh, of course, the best place in the world is to find a good Bible teaching church. Amen. And a church that, uh, that emphasizes, uh, being a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there, uh, are standards that God puts in His Word that He wants to train us to be, uh, His disciples. That's where the Word comes from. And, uh, uh the Word in the Greek was, uh, and it, it was thought accompanied by endeavor. Mm. That was the in-depth type thought about that word. And it means to learn something and then do it. Mm. And uh, that's what a disciple is, learning how to follow Jesus, learning how to live like Jesus, mm. learning how to love like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, those are the teachings of Jesus and he said, come and follow me. And that's what he wanted us to do and be. And that's what a real Christian is. Someone who uh, has found Christ as their Savior and realized that he set standards for their life and that that is a standard that they they can love and uh, that it, it changes them for the best and it makes them a better dad, a better mother, uh, a better, better child. Pastor. Yeah. Pastor, uh, in every other way <laughs> is to just simply follow the teachings of Jesus. Praise God. And that's what we're, uh, what we tried to do in the ways of God, the book of the ways of God. Thought accompanied by endeavor. That's a very uh, deep and powerful uh, word and 
so appreciative, Brother Roy. Thank you for coming today to share with us. And uh, we're very excited about sitting at your feet. And uh, the Lord has obviously opened this door and made it possible. And uh, we plan to take full advantage of it here as a church family together starting um, on the 7th of April, the Wednesday night after Easter. So thank you for coming. Uh, This is Pastor Chet Haney, the uh, pastor of Highland Terrace Baptist Church in Greenville, Texas. And this is the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast and podcast. We appreciate you listening in today. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. You and I simply have to learn one thing, how to stay. Specifically, how to stay the mind. The mind must be stayed on the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about this a lot. It says to set your mind on things above and not on things below. Now, that's not a passing thought. You know, that's not just something we come back to now and then. This is a state of mind that we set, that we determine, that we nail to the wall, you might say. Matter of fact, the Hebrew word for state is the word samek, which interestingly I found is kind of a handheld word. There, there's a sense of handling um, the, uh, the establishment and the steadiness of stayed, that the hand is involved. That made me think of a hammer and a nail. You know, why do we use a hammer and a nail except that we want to stay something? We want to put something in its place, and we don't want it to move ever again, and so we nail it with a hammer. Now, in the Bible days, let's just think back for a moment. This nomadic people that was living in the day of uh, these writings had hammers and they had these big giant stakes that they used for tent pegs because when you uh, when you put up a tent that you're going to live in for a while the wind can blow against it and the rain can fall but the tent will be okay provided that you have stayed that tent with a good solid strike a blow of a hammer against that giant nail called a tent peg. You remember when we had a tent revival right out here in our parking lot a few years ago? Man, what a blessing that was. Three or four hundred people every night gathered there together. I don't know, two, three hundred, something like that. And a lot of cowboys and some horses. And uh, it was just such a blessing. But all the way around that tent, there were some powerful pegs that were nailed into the parking lot by the blow of a skilled hammer. Somebody took a sledgehammer and drove those nails into the parking lot. And because they did, guess what? That tent stayed in place for the whole week. Didn't matter if it was windy. Didn't matter if it was uh, rainy. Didn't matter if it was hot and sunshiny. Whatever the weather may come, the tent was going to be there. Because it had been stayed by handheld pegs that were put in their place by the dry blow of a huge hammer. Now listen, 
I want to encourage you to make sure that your faith is not a come and go deal. I want you to get a ginormous hammer and put your hand around some good pegs and get yourself rooted and established, solid, stayed in the ways of the Lord. Going nowhere. Uh, Peter Scazzaro spoke of this in a recent uh, podcast I listened to about having your quiet time. You know, sometimes uh, Christians talk about having your quiet time in ways that can become a little bit of a legalistic burden. Have you had your quiet time today? You know, and, and we almost want to make it sort of a, uh, a duty, an obligation. Well, Peter Scazzaro spoke to that. He said, my concern is not that you're having too much quiet time. My concern is that Christians may not be having enough. He said uh, in uh, describing what's called the daily office by the monastics, the daily office is simply a, a daily um, priority to make sure that your mind is set on Jesus all day long. And so Peter Scazzaro said, in order to do that, you need to have some time with the Lord in the morning. You need to come back and have some time with the Lord at noon. And then you need to have some evening prayers. He said, if you'll practice this, what you'll discover is that your whole life may be nothing more than one long quiet time all day long. What is that? That's called stayed on Jesus. A mind that is set on the things of the Lord. Not just for five minutes in the morning. Not just for 30 minutes on Sunday morning, but a mind that is absolutely nailed to the wall, just like Jesus was nailed to the cross. By the way, have you heard of J.L.? Have you heard of Sisera? In the book of Judges, uh, King Jabin, who came against uh, Israel, nobody could stop him. Sisera was an intimidating pagan Invader, nobody knew what to do. Barak was scared to death, and Deborah honored a woman instead of Barak. Her name was Jael because of what she did with a tent peg. She brought that pagan invader into her own tent. He asked for water, she gave him milk. You know why? Because milk makes you sleepy. <laughs> and, uh, Sisera went to sleep in her tent, and with one blow, she took a tent peg, and she struck that man on the temple, and she defeated Jabin. She's the one that got honored instead of the coward Barak. Now, folks, I want to tell you, you've got some enemies lurking around this morning who don't want you listening to what I'm trying to say today. And what you may need to do with those enemies is strike them dead with the power of a blow, handheld staying power that allows you to enjoy the perfect peace of God. It may require the defeating of an enemy. And I guarantee you, you can do it because Jesus will help you set your mind on things above. Not on things below. I want to show you, for example, in Second Chronicles twelve fourteen, the great sin of King Rehoboam. 
Now, you may know that Rehoboam was an evil king. What you may not know was there were times when he worshipped the Lord. There were times when Rehoboam went to church, so to speak. There were times when Rehoboam prayed. There were times when Rehoboam humbled himself. But here's what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 12 was the great sin of Rehoboam. Look at it with me. Verse 14 says, he did evil because why? Because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. He sought the Lord sometimes. But not all the time. King James Version says, he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. He was judged by the scripture as a spiritual failure. Not because he never sought the Lord, but because he did not consistently seek the Lord. And that with a set heart. Now just let me ask you a question this morning. What is your heart set on? You know, we get our hearts set on things that we want, things that we covet, things that we desire. A tent peg and a hammer will help you to fulfill what the Bible says in Psalms is a passion. Evening, morning, and noon will I pray. And I'll keep my mind set on the Lord. That's the person who's going to experience the perfect peace of God. The one who does so with a set heart. Now, the last thought that we need to look at this morning is the trustworthy trust that we can have in God. Psalm 26.3, why does he do this? Why is his mind stayed on Jehovah? Because he trusts. Because he trusts in you. The person whose heart is set on God rests in a wonderful place where God does not have to prove himself anymore. God doesn't have to do anything. This person, if God never answered another prayer, has plenty of motivation to stay true to him for the rest of his life because he trusts in God already. He trusts in him. He trusts in God with staying power, and therefore he experiences a perfect peace. When I got to seminary, I got to know him, but I was affected by a man who had already died, tragically, as a young man of cancer. His name was Dr. Oscar Thompson, and his footsteps were all over that campus. Uh, Marvin, do you remember uh, Dr. Thompson's book, The Concentric Circles of Concern? That was one of the most impactful books on evangelism that came out uh, in my lifetime. I've got the book. I just never got to know the man, but I was affected by him. This week, I invited Roy Edgman to come over to the office. Do you know how blessed we are as a church? You can't make this stuff up. Let me tell you what's happened, just in a synopsis. I'll tell you more about it later. We're going to baptize this morning Connie Ochoa, who came bursting down the aisle two or three weeks ago, full of exuberance for Christ. I want to tell you, a year ago, she was in a bad place. God has done a work in her life. 
she came to my office with her husband. She brought this book she wanted to show me that she'd been through. I mean, she had marked every page, filled in all the blanks, written testimonies in the margins from cover to cover. It's a book called The Ways of God. Connie's been studying and learning about the ways of God. Let me ask you a question, church. Before we get into our new building, do you think it'd be a good idea for us to learn about the ways of God? I think so, too. Well, I looked at that book and I thought, we ought to teach this in our spring discipleship brief. We ought to offer this as one of the courses. We're going to do that. And I noticed that it was written by Henry Blackaby. Does that name mean anything to anybody here? And Roy Edgman, who was the uh, uh, person in charge of discipleship for Southern Baptist for 25 years. At the Sunday School Board, which became Lifeway, he developed Experience in God. He developed Master Life. He developed 14 different courses on discipleship. And he's sitting down with Henry. I'll let him tell you about it. Uh, and uh, they were talking about the ways of God, which led to this book. So uh, here's what happened. Our staff, Bed, we've talked about this. We've invited Roy Edgman, who's retired now. He lives in Sulphur Springs, to come over to Highland Terrace and teach his own book. Can you believe that? He's coming. And because he's coming, we decided to drop everything else we need to do and go all in together on the ways of God. And that's what we're going to do this year for Spring Breathe Discipleship. It's going to be amazing. Well, Roy was in my office this week. He told me about a conversation that he had on the phone with Oscar Thompson. When Oscar was sick with cancer, when Oscar was really going through it, how you doing, Oscar? And you know what Oscar said to Roy? He said, Roy, I refuse to let today be crucified between two thieves, yesterday and tomorrow. And that is a guy who has nailed it. That's a guy who's living in the peace of God. He refuses to let today be crucified between two thieves, yesterday and tomorrow. And he lives in the peace of God for today. Paul Harris discovered that too. The guy that got burned, you know what he does now? He lives in Havasu City, uh, Right on the border, the lake, Lake Havasu between uh, Arizona and California. He rides motocross with his 19-year-old son. And uh, here's what he says. He says, don't let any doctor or anyone else tell you how long you're going to live or what you can or cannot do. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father God, I ask you today, Lord Jesus, to teach us because we're going to have to learn. It's a skill we're going to have to develop. Teach us, Lord Jesus, how to set our minds and our hearts on you, Lord, so that we may learn to live in the power of the perfect peace of God. 
And this is my prayer for this beautiful and wonderful congregation of people whom I love so much. Our staff loves this church so much. But more than that, Lord, your love is present here today. We want to reach out to it and trust it. And we want to celebrate it right now. Bless, we pray this moment, Lord, of prayerful response and obedience. I don't know, Lord, but maybe someone here today uh, needs this moment to, to reestablish, to re-nail something, uh, to set it unmovable, abounding, established in the work of the Lord. That's how we want to be, Lord Jesus. Not here today and gone tomorrow, not up one day and down the next. Father, let us be established in the Spirit, established in our faith, established in your faithfulness. Set, Lord, stay. Teach us, we pray, to stay. And this is my prayer for us as a congregation today. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 